the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bob Bernie Live. Looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Thank you and welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. You know, I uh, I love doing this talk show. I really do, but I am first and foremost a preacher. God called me to preach when I was 12 years old up in the mountains of California. And uh, every day we talk about current events from a biblical point of view. We talk about politics. We talk about all kinds of things. But sometimes God just lays something on my preacher's heart that I want to share with you. And that's that's today. Between now and the top of the hour, I just want to share something with you from Scripture. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to really, really hurry. But let me, let me preface what I'm about to say by saying, I, through my life, I have literally heard thousands of sermons, thousands of messages. But a handful stick out kind of above the rest. One of them is a message that I heard preached by a man who's been in heaven for many, many years now, Bob Ketchum. He was a preacher from the West Coast, and my, what a preacher he was. And I heard him preach a message. In fact, it actually took him two nights to preach this message from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. And it talks about, you are our epistles. Paul was writing to his disciples and his followers, and he says, you are our epistles, but you're not epistles written on paper. You're written on tablets of the heart, the stationary, if you will, of the heart. And you are living epistles. You are beautiful stationary that God will read. And then he went into the process of writing paper and how it's developed and how it begins with a tree in the forest. It's a beautiful tree, and it's got to be cut down, and that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and then it's shorn of all of its branches. And he went through all of the process of making writing paper. And one of the parts of making the writing paper from a tree to paper is the purifying process. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to share with you 2 Corinthians 3. But this thing of cleansing and and purifying because it is a part of the Christian life. On my way home every night, I cross some railroad tracks. And, oh, about once a week, I've got to wait for the train to go by. And often, it is a train of iron ore. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where it's going. But all of these cars, dozens and dozens and dozens of them of iron ore, huge, ugly, 
dirty, filthy rocks of iron ore. But if you've ever been inside a building made of steel, well, that steel began as that ugly, dirty, filthy iron ore rocks. And it goes through many, many fires, and depending upon its use, it may go through dozens of fires and melting and hammering and beating and bending. Well, that's the process that God uses with us because we are nothing but dirty, filthy hunks of clay. And in order for us to be used, we must be refined. Which brings me to the verses that I want to share with you. And again, I'm going to have to really hurry. But in Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, it's a prophetic reference to Jesus, but it says this, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness." Now, it's interesting because it singles out the sons of Levi. They were going to be purified and refined. Well, why the sons of Levi? Well, they were the priests. They were the ones that God was going to use in ministry. And here is a truth, folks. If God is ever going to use you to do anything, you will have to go through the refining fire. And I have found, and I know that you have found as well, that God uses many kinds of refining fire to purify us and to prepare us for useful service. Let me share with you as quickly as I can some of the fires of refining that God uses in our life to make us what he wants us to be. There is first the fire of suffering. The fire of suffering. Now, the guys on TV, those TV evangelists will tell you that if you just speak words of faith and send him a little money, you'll never go through suffering. Well, my friend, that is a lie. There's nothing in Scripture that says that if you obey God, follow God, have enough faith and speak words of faith, you will never go through suffering. In fact, the Bible says exactly the opposite. The psalmist said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I have suffered. If you want to look at the Apostle Paul, arguably the most spiritually mature man that ever walked the the face of this planet, he could not be used until God gave him that thorny gift that he writes about and 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, lest I should be exalted above measure. We don't know what that thorn was, but we know that Paul suffered from it greatly. And three times Paul pleaded with God, begged God, Please, God, remove this thorn from me. And God said, No, I can't do that. I'm not finished yet. And so in the life of Paul and in the life of every Christian, God uses suffering to refine us. I have read that the famous composer Beethoven lived in absolute fear of deafness because music was his life. And then one day, his greatest fear was realized 
he became deaf. And yet the strange thing, his greatest music by far came after he became deaf. There is the fire of suffering, but there's also the fire of failure. God uses the fire of failure to mold us, to shape us. We look at Peter, what a what a mighty soldier of the cross Peter became on the day of Pentecost. He stood up and preached forcefully and and called the Jewish leaders to reckon because they had crucified Christ. He suffered beating, imprisonment, but that was not the Peter that we are introduced to in Scripture. We are introduced to a much different Peter who was basically a coward. Remember what he said, I never heard of the blankety-blank so-and-so, and he failed miserably, and the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. But after he faced that failure in the fire of failure, Peter became the great apostle of the faith, absolutely fearless, because God had brought him through the fire of failure. Well, there are many other fires that God brings us through. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back and continue this message today on Bob Bernie Law. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. We're uh, uh, we're leaving current events and politics and We're looking at how God uses refining fires to make us, to shape us, to form us the way he wants us to be. And again, I need to hurry, but we have looked at the fire of suffering that God uses to shape us. And then we just looked before the break at the fire of failure. The next one I want you to see is that God uses the fire of loneliness, the fire of loneliness. There are few things more disheartening than feeling all alone, feeling abandoned, feeling like there's no one that we can talk to, no one we can turn to. And yet, throughout Scripture, we see that God often uses the fire of loneliness to shape and form his servants. For instance, Jacob at Bethel. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, Jacob feels completely alone, all alone, and yet it is there when he is alone that God speaks to him at Peniel. Remember when Jacob wrestled with God? He was there, alone with God. He wrestles with God, and he says, I have seen God. In fact, in Genesis 32, verse 3, verse 30, pardon me, Jacob says, I have seen him face to face. Loneliness can be a great refining fire as long as you remember this one thing. You're not really alone. Oh, I know sometimes there's no human being around. 
you feel like there's no one you can talk to, there's no one you can turn to, there's no one you can just pick up the phone and call, and you feel all alone, but my friend, you need to understand this. Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And because God is omnipresent, he is everywhere at the same time, and because when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes in and takes up residence. He comes and lives. The Bible says he comes and tabernacles in you. You become his house. And so you may feel all alone, but you are not. But God does often draw us away from people, away from circumstances, away from friends, away from family, so that he can interact with us personally, face-to-face. In those times of being alone, understand that God's presence is there with you, and it's very possible that God has brought you to that place of being alone so he can reveal himself to you in new, much more intimate ways. Yes, loneliness can be a great refining fire. But here's the next fire that God often uses, the fire of disappointment. There is not a one of you, there is not a one of us that has not suffered disappointment by and from and through others. I would imagine that there's very, very few of you listening to me right now that have not been disappointed by family members. All of us have been disappointed at one time or another by friends, friends that we thought would understand, friends that we thought would never leave us and And then we find that they have turned their back on us for one reason or another. And sadly, tragically, but truthfully, many of you have probably suffered disappointment at your church. Maybe a pastor, a spiritual leader has disappointed you, and we should not be surprised by that. I had the privilege of pastoring for 25 years And one thing I told my congregation continually, folks, listen, if I haven't failed you, if I have not disappointed you, just be patient. I will, because I'm a human. And I would go on to tell them, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to fail them, but I'm a human, and I am prone to failure. And I sadly say, but truthfully say, I have disappointed many, many people. And you have been disappointed by others. And so God uses the fire of disappointment to do what? To teach us that he is the only one that we can trust completely and totally. He is the only one that will never, ever disappoint us. Sometimes we put far, far, far too much trust in people. Friends, family, church members, church leaders, spiritual leaders, we put far too much trust in people. 
And so God allows or causes the fire of disappointment to come so that we can sit back, reevaluate, and realize we never should have put our confidence in them to begin with because our faith and our trust is not in people, anyone. Our faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, and he never disappoints. So there's the fire of disappointment. And then there's the fire of persecution. Now, I would imagine that not many of us have truly been persecuted. Not really, compared to the persecution that people, that Christians have suffered throughout the centuries. Yeah, disappointed, yes. Malign, yeah. Persecuted, probably not. But if our world continues to go in the direction that it is, it may be that not far from now we will suffer the real fire of persecution. The country to the north, Canada, is now actively, and I mean persecuting people simply for standing for the faith, arresting them, putting them in jail simply because they took a stand for Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 says, Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And we need to be prepared that if God would ordain that we go through the fire of persecution, that we would be ready because God uses that. I read a story recently about Reverend and Mrs. R.W. Porteous, The year was 1931. They were taken prisoners by the communists in China. Pastor and Mrs. Porteous were led to a lonely hill. They were led there by a group of soldiers and an executioner. The executioner raised his mighty sword to cut off their head. And he said, this is it. And he commanded them to beg for mercy. Instead of crying and begging for mercy, Reverend Porteous said these words that have now been become famous. Face to face with Christ my Savior, face to face, how can it be when with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me? When the executioner heard those words, he returned his sword to the sheath and walked away. The Porteuses returned to England and experienced their greatest time of ministry. Here's one thing that is certain. God will bring the fire of purging into our lives. And when he does, we can reject it, we can complain, or we can receive it as God's loving provision to prepare us for ministry. Hey, I wish you had more time, but thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.